joined this morning by race winner from the Rolex 24 this past weekend, Tom Blomquist. Sir, how are you? And how was the, uh, the trip back? Oh man, feeling good still. <laughs> um, uh, the trip back was pretty smooth, but um, man, it's not the best thing to do is come on a, you know, cross Atlantic flight, um, you know, straight after 24 hours. <laughs> Definitely uh, <laughs> prolongs the recovery period, that's for sure. Um, but no, no, it's, it's still riding high after Sunday's result, man. Did, did you get to do any celebrating or was it, listen, we'll worry about that when when boss man Mike Shank has his party in, in a couple of weeks and and until then I'm just going to rest? Exactly. No, actually, there was no partying yet. So um, we're, we're going to build that one up. Uh, everyone's so shattered after the race. I mean, the mechanics, think about it. Those guys have been like busting and backside off all week long. You know, haven't really been sleeping a lot and they go through a whole 24 hour race and then after that they've got to pack up they've got to take the car to tech um yeah the sunday night's not always the best opportunity or the best idea for a for a party after a 24 hour race <laughs> i get it but I guess... we need to do one we need to do one <laughs> yeah you, i mean that deserves celebrating for sure a hundred percent hundred percent for me i'm like straight off again i i I've got one night at home. I wouldn't even call it a night because I got to leave at three a.m. tomorrow morning to fly to Portugal for some oh. some testing. So yeah, it's nonstop, man. So I guess getting into the race, um, how did it just basically feel um, taking that new car and, I mean, just dominating? I, you, I know you had like the ten fastest laps of the race, and you just seem to take to the new like I guess electric hybrid component really well. And I wanted to just kind of ask about how you were able to adapt without really getting all of that much testing. Yeah, actually I saw that thing on Twitter. That was pretty cool. I had no idea. Um, I saw some, some fan, you know, did that analysis. That was cool. Um, but I think what helped me a little bit is, you know, I have quite a broad range of experience I would say in, in driving so many different cars now, um, you know, throughout my career, I've, I've literally not said no to much. <laughs> um, and I think being able to drive, you know, I've driven everything from GT formerly, um, you know, even last year I did this, you know, ETCR, which is like a proper touring car, electric touring car, weighs a ton or nearly two ton actually. Um, and I think just having so much experience, also the formerly experience has helped me tremendously in um, understanding, especially the hybrid element of these new GTP cars, um, which is very, very similar um, to formerly. Formerly is obviously 100% electric, but we basically have a mini formerly motor in the back of ours. And um, some of those tools apply to, to getting the most out of this car as well, whether that's you know the way you use the motor to help the braking of the car, um use it to control you know there's so many little things we have now as drivers behind the wheel to adjust settings to to help the handling and i think you know i understood that quite early on um because of my experience there and then just you know feeling at one with the team and and you know the confidence in my ability at the moment especially after you know a successful season with with them last year uh you know it all helps and, and they put a, so much faith in me and and you know that obviously gives me confidence to go out there and just give it my all and, and feel relaxed behind the wheel the one thing i'm curious about 
is, you know, with, with limited testing and, and you're hopping in, especially, I think it was your second stint in the car where you went from seventh or sixth or seventh all the way up to the lead in, in about two laps. Was that first stint <laughs> almost like a testing session? So when you got in that car, the second stint, like we obviously you knew you had a good car, but did that first stint kind of almost work as a, a mini testing session? So when you got in the car again, you're like, all right, I know what to expect. I know how the car feels and, you know, let's, let's go get them. Yeah. I mean, every time, like in a 24 hours, you, you obviously, you, every time you get in the car, you're just, you're kind of getting more and more in tune with everything. It's, that was the longest time we've kind of driven the car. You know, I've never done actually one. I don't think I've even done a full 30 lap stint, like a full stint in the car at one given time. Um, so when you're just behind the wheel, you're just constantly learning and, and, you know, just like basically you're like a computer, you know, you're just feeding yourself all that information. Um, and it, then when you go back out, you just know what to expect. But in the 24 hours, you also, the track's changing so much. The condition conditions are changing so much. Like my first stint was obviously in the day. The second time I jumped in the car was, it was at night and yeah, you know, your references change and the sense of sensation of speed is so much higher at night that it takes a while for your brain to kind of get used to that. And it's a lot more mentally demanding at night because you're, you're having to concentrate, you know, your eyes, you can't see obviously as far down the road. Um, so your eyes are just taking a beating at night. It doesn't matter how good your eyesight. And I, to be honest, I'm quite lucky I've got good eyesight, but like you're just, they're, <laughs> you know, they're strained at come the end of it. Um, so yeah, that, sec- that second stint was a bit wilder, to be honest. Um, you know, I knew we had such a quick car um, and I knew I was, you know, driving well. Um, and yeah, it was, it was fun. You know, I, I, I was lucky that the, obviously the pack was all bunched up and I could use the strengths of our car to just quickly kind of clear some people. I had good tires at the time. I think, yeah. you know, a few of them were on obviously older tires, which made my life a little bit easier, but nonetheless, that was probably, that was, I had, a, yeah, I had so much fun and that stint just carving my way through. But um. Yeah, maybe, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise actually. I didn't think it would would go that smoothly <laughs> or happen that quickly. But um, yeah, our car was just phenomenal all week long, all week long. Uh, I think we were saying the same thing watching it wherever we were on the track at at the moment. Going, all right, like he's moving fast, and all of a sudden you were just you know, picking cars off left and right. But was there anything about the car? Because obviously, as we've mentioned, you know, you didn't get a ton of testing beforehand with parts coming in last minute that caught you off guard or was surprising in, in either a good or a bad way? Yeah, I was surprised how good the car was. I okay. mean, I was really, I was surprised because, you know, this we had, we were one of the, I felt like we were one of the later ones to get our car up and sure. running in anger. Um, you know, Cadillac had, had had an earlier Porsche, obviously had been driving much, much earlier than us. You know, I think obviously BMW had it a bit late, but, you know, they were around a similar time as us. And um, the first time we drove the car, we just knew it was, I think this is a good car because, you know, as a driver, when, when you've got a, a car with great potential, you know, it's, it gives you confidence straight away. There's no weird things happening. You know, you don't go into like a fast corner and the thing feels like it wants to kill you. You know, this thing was stable. It was confidence inspiring. Literally from the first time we rolled it off the truck with no setup, like we just whatever the HPT Orica gave to us, we just rolled it off the truck and the thing was great. Like it was well-balanced, braking work, like everything, these new cars are so complex. You know, there was nothing, 
super weird that stood up stood out don't get me wrong we we still did a lot of development early on but we started from a very good point and that I think enabled us to just you know keep keep pushing and yeah every time we seemed to go on track um you know in those early testings obviously we were you know a lot of those tests were group tests and we were always fast and we were like either there's something wrong like we're not yet <laughs> you know I was I had a concern that because these cars have all got to fit in this new, very, very strict, you know, homologation window with the downforce, sure. the weight, the drag. So it's super, super strict. And I was like, nah, surely you are thinking we've got too much downforce. So we've got something that's not right yet because we were just so competitive straight away. And I thought, ah, the others are, you know, playing around massive, having massive games. But I think it proved that we just, HPD, um, Acro, you know, MSR and WTR, they did a fantastic job in the development of this car. And, you know, we just, yeah, I think we're all very lucky that we've we've got a good race car under us and it's just been really fun to be a part of so far. Awesome. And it's just... obviously only part of this has to do with the car, which obviously it's amazing when you have a good car because that's step one, but step two is also having great drivers. So is there anything, as you said earlier, that you've obviously raced over a ton of series and over a long period of time, are there any specific skills or things that you've picked up throughout the years from any of your different series that you think just apply best when you do 24 hour races like this? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm obviously lucky that my car made me look good <laughs> over the weekend, but um, yeah, 24 hour racing is, is so, it's so different. I think um, you need, to be honest, I think experience helps a lot in this form of racing you know you're, you're working with with three other in our case three other guys and it's all about you know everyone has to compromise a little bit here and there you can't have any big egos who want to get you know all the limelight or want to you know get all the driving for themselves you really have to work together as, as a unit and um Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, 
industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! You know, these races, although they're 24 hours long, and my, you know, you can only really lose them in the, fir- you know, in the first 20 hours of the race, let's say. So there's more to lose than gain. Um, so you have to have the right mindset and approach to the driving. And, you know, we're racing against, you know, there's 61 cars on track at the start of the race. Um, but obviously there's, you know, it's multi-class racing. So there's so many, the traffic, is, is just chaotic um and that, it's so risky the traffic is managing the traffic is is very risky you know you see how many times you see accidents all the time and in traffic you know most of the accident crashes in these endurance races are you know from from trying to carve your way through traffic so it's that's super risky um so i think just all my you know the years of, of you know i've done quite a few 24-hour races now um and you yeah, obviously i'm a lot you know i've I'm getting on. I'm not getting on, but I'm, you know, I'm 29 now. So I've, I've been done, you know, done this for a while. And I think, you know, you're just becoming more and more mature, um, more relaxed behind the wheel. Um, you know, it's easier to look at the bigger picture and, and not get carried away in the spur of the moment. So I think all those little things just, you know, over time, you're just constantly developing as a, as a driver, um, as a human, like we all are just, you know, going through life every day. Right. So it's the same thing, you know, applies to us as, as drivers, um, you're just constantly learning and, and developing. And I think, yeah, all those little things play a big part in, um, you know, in, in how to, let's say, get the most out of a, this sort of, you know, this endurance racing. So I feel like nobody gets through a 24 hour race without any issues. And we heard uh, Mike Shank talk about how you had a gearbox problem at some point during the race, can you kind of explain what was going on there and what that was like in the car to, to have that going on? Well, funny, funny enough, luckily for us drivers that it didn't really affect us. Um, and I think the team on purpose kept it kind of quiet to us. Uh, obviously we knew we were, you know, (laughs) trying to, you know, having to, to fill up the oil and stuff at the stops, but, you know, I think our team, like Ryan, who's Ryan Vincent, the the guys on the wall, Dale, um, you know, who are running the race for us, the engineers, you know, they're so calm. And um, I think it's just the way they manage everything um, in the team is, is really, you know, no one gets flustered. Although, you know, that was obviously causing, costing us a lot of time every time we had to, you know, at the stops where we were changing the oil and yeah, but we never really lost faith. We knew that we could manage that problem. We knew that towards the end of the race, we, we're not, obviously we can't do it. So we have to like, you know, manage the, everything up until the point where, you know, it's critical not to lose any more time in the stop and track position, et cetera, is key. So luckily that as drivers didn't, we didn't have to really do too much behind the wheel. Later in the race, we actually had a, a battery issue where we were, you know, we couldn't, there was risk of the car not starting if we if we stopped it in the in the pits so we had to then huh. you know keep the engine running and that 
you know, and then they're getting the gear was is not a straightforward process. It's always a bit risky. So yeah, we were just we had we didn't have this, you know, a super smooth race. We we were managing things, but considering, you know, the life of the car and this was the first time this thing ran for more than, you know, a few hours. <laughs> um and we were stressed, like we were worried. We didn't expect to have a the race that we did you know we we thought we might be changing some parts here and there you know we in testing we probably you know leading up to the race we probably had two or three issues that would have you know sent us back to the garage um in the 24-hour race and yet you know somehow it just all stayed together and i don't know i think you know racing's a a wonderful thing sometimes and when it's going good it's 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 going good and you you can't seem to do much wrong but you know this is sport after all and uh you know you just got to make the most of those moments and and capitalize on them and and yeah just not take anything for granted because sooner or later you know you know things can turn right and you know luck can't you know maybe isn't on your side so uh yeah we're just very grateful to be able to you know achieve this success at the moment so i think this will probably be our our last question and i'm curious so looking at some data you had 96 percent of your laps were in in clean air and the only person who matched that number was actually your teammate elio when you have 96 percent of your laps are in some way shape or form in clean air does that i mean yeah it makes it easier but is it also a little bit hard because it's a 24-hour race and you you're trying to find a way to focus when you're you know exhausted especially that last stint yeah i mean you know, at the start of the race, I, I kind of, you know, I just wanted to see what, how, what the car was like, let's sure. say, you know, how, and it was the first time we had to do, we did a double stint on the tires. And to be honest, maybe I pushed it a little bit hard on that first stint. Um, Cause I thought, you know, I maybe took a little bit too much out of the tires for the second one, but you know, I didn't really have much reference at the point at the time. Um, so then when I, I got in like late, later in the race, you know, I'd kind of pick and choose my times to, <laughs> give it the beans and because we we did have to manage the car we we were trying to stay you know not use too many curbs and so it wasn't I wouldn't say it was a race where everyone you know, everyone was managing I think no one was you know we're also saving energy right which means you have to lift and coast before the corners so it's it was quite a strategic race um so I had to kind of pick and choose my battles and thankfully you know Simon did a fantastic job you know leading up to the the last yeah. kind of two stints for me um the team actually wanted me to get in one stop earlier but I was a bit worried that you know this is coming towards the end of the race and everyone's tired you know I wanted to be really fresh for the end as fresh as I could be for the end because um, I knew it a quick class so if I knew it to make some moves I could make some moves but I wanted to make sure I was, I was fresh um for the end because last year I you know they wanted me to kind of stay in the car and I wasn't fresh um thankfully you know hello last year did an absolutely incredible job to to bring sure, the car yeah. home in first um but this year you know I just wanted to make sure I was, I was fresh and yeah Simon did a fantastic job and and I was able to kind of you know let's say I was I felt good behind the wheel I really felt like you know that was a stint I needed to just give it all and I think that's when I did those almost all of those fastest laps um yeah so I knew the t I knew the 10 also the 10 car was if that got into second place that was going to be our biggest you know competitor for um sure. so yeah I just had to put it all on the line for the end and and 
you know, not try to make too, you know, any mistakes, just had to do consistent quick lap times to kind of build that gap. And once you get that gap, the traffic starts to become a bit easier to manage. Um, and yeah, just things start to, you know, it went our way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. Anyway, we'll, we'll wrap it there. I know you're, you're exhausted and you have a, a another trip tomorrow for some, no, some no worries, testing. No so, you know, appreciate it, man. Best of luck and look forward to talking to you again uh, at some yeah. point this year after a race. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank, thanks guys. Yeah. Thanks no problem. Appreciate yeah. I appreciate it. it. Congratulations. Congratulations. Enjoy, yeah, cheers. Thank you. Right. Enjoy yep. the rest of your day. You too, man. See ya. See you guys. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.